You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're talking about podcast. We're talking about here in a podcast. Podcast. Merry, merry Monday, I'm Carter. Doge. I'm Jordan. Uh, we're going to talk about two things today. Spider-Man No Way Home. And, okay. well, we'll talk about that before we get into the band of Ahsoka Fett. Uh <laughs> Interesting. Band. We'll talk Do you about mean book? Do you mean book though? Band of band of band of Ahsoka grew. Grog Ahsoka vet. Like I don't really know what the show is, but we'll talk about it soon. Yeah. Neither does Disney. Neither does Disney. That's the point. Oh, uh, Carter, I have so, a food metaphor for you when we get to the the book of Boba Fett. I can't wait. Yeah. Is it that the book of Boba Fett is like the new land air and sea sandwich from McDonald's? <laughs> no, but that's not bad actually. Okay. What is that sandwich? Talk to me. Land Air and Sea is a filet of fish, uh, I, and I think a Big Mac and a and chicken, a chicken sandwich. patty. Yeah, and chicken eating patty. like the first three or four days of Genesis. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's phenomenal. <laughs> they just they they just dump you a cup of light too. They right. just dump a, a cup full. That's of light. if one of the great old world eaters arrived on the primordial creation <laughs> only three days after God started His amazing work instead of a full week. Oh my God! Something that is. Godly, and I think we are easily forgetting unless we're in box office ball or things like that. Spider Man No Way Home is breaking all sorts of records. This yeah. was a movie that released. Um, I would say we're still in a pandemic. Obviously, not in the throes of it, but doesn't mean people aren't dying and unsafe. But Spider Man No Way Home domestically in the United States is now fourth all time. Wow. Uh, it recently passed Black Panther. It's actually passed Black Panther by $37 million. It passed Avengers wow. Infinity War, Titanic. Wow. It is looking down, staring down, and very likely going to pass Avatar wow. domestically. Wow. I mean, it would only be behind Avengers Endgame and the uncatchable Star Wars The Force Awakens, which almost made a billion dollars domestically. When we look at mm. movies worldwide, Spider-Man No Way Home is in the top six and is only wow. being beaten by those movies that made that Coveted two million in theaters. Infinity yeah. War, Force Awakens, Titanic, Endgame, and Avatar. So Avatar did much better worldwide than it did domestically. Uh, but Spider-Man is sixth all time. That's pretty wild. crazy. That's absolutely unbelievable. 
And I feel like Marvel sort of like brute forced that into existence. You know what I mean? Like Spider-Man's not been, like he's a a really popular dude. Lots of folks love him, but he's not been the box office draw of those other, like he has never, ever been Avengers Endgame level big. And Marvel just sort of said, well, this one is going to be and manifested it. Let's take a look at our next three big superhero movies. We're not going to, let's, we'll call it Rank You Very Much. Okay. The Batman coming out in March, which everyone yeah. knows who's listened to this podcast when that's coming because it's the end of our Batman series leading Correct. up to that. Correct. Mm-hmm. Then we have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Correct. Then we have Thor, Love and Thunder. I believe in that order. So yes, which right? of these three, if you were to rank them on how much you think that they will gross, how would you rank them? Thor, Doctor Strange, Batman. Doctor Strange, Batman, Thor. There's no chance. There's no chance I Batman say, makes more than Thor. There's no there's no chance Thor is not first place. Oh, fully disagree. There's no chance Doctor Strange is in first place. Carter. I say. Bring in that middle ground. Batman. They're all first place. First. Then I say multiverse. Then I say Thor. You're out of your mind. Batman Thor first, is like, huh? Thor Ragnarok is like pretty widely considered everybody's favorite. It has gained more favor after its release. Right. Which is why there was a trailer for it after the fourth highest domestically grossing movie of all time. Sure. That no, makes I would more say, sense. I would say that's probably because it's the next one to come out. <laughs> I think Marvel is pulling from the same playbook. When I say they brute forced Spider-Man into being a big worldwide success, part of that playbook was intentionally, I believe, intentionally allowing some leaks to circulate without fully squashing them. Hold on. I, I'm, I'm just stuck on Carter's logic here. That's like saying that Goblet of Fire <laughs> is the second best Harry Potter book simply because it came after the first best Harry Potter book. This was more of a reach at trying to hurt me. You. What you're saying is makes makes complete sense. I shouldn't have done that. I'm I sorry. Do, for, thank you. I th- I, I do think I do think that both Marvel movies will beat the DC movie though. Yeah, I do. Really? Yeah, I do. I just don't Two, think I don't think DC has the box office numbers Marvel has. I I don't either, and that's been proven with some of those Snyder's. But Batman, but, I hear you. But Batman, the Batman feels the closest to mm-hmm. what people loved about Batman. Exactly. So did Tom Holland's reboot feel the closest to what people thought about Tobey Maguire? I think, sure. and yeah. so it's kind of this: we're seeing what the nostalgia can do in the box offices, and and I, I have no idea. We'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. Something that's not totally figured out. Let's talk about episode six of the Book of Boba Fett. Was it yeah. say the stranger from the desert? I can't remember exactly a, what the a title. Stranger a stranger emerges from the desert, or something. A like stranger that, emerges from the desert. We did, we literally did a play by play of one of the big uh, <laughs> surprises of this. Episode. Yeah, I'll say. <sighs> yeah, I am. I had no idea when I was two, three, four episodes into the book of Boba Fett that this would be one of the most unique seasons of a show. Yeah, that I would ever see in my life. It started by me thinking this is going to be one of the most disappointing seasons of a show that I've ever seen in my life. While the book of Boba Fett felt like it was alongside and after The Mandalorian chronologically, Mandalorian season two, um, it caught vibes to me of later Game of Thrones seasons that yep. I was just like, here's here's another season in a world that was unnecessary. Yep. We did yeah. not need this. We should have waited and thought of something better. But now it's just am, Mandalorian 2.5. I'm fully convinced now that Robert Rodriguez was a foot on the back of his head runway as we'd trample over his prone body <laughs> for that 2.5 that we're talking about. 
Because we, it is almost completely unnecessary to have the first four episodes of this season. Oh, yeah. I, and sure. I could be, it could be argued that it's, it is completely unnecessary to have, I think Mando season three, if it's five episodes, we would get over that. You talk about like, you could be like, hey, he's going to show up and help Boba out, right? Because Boba has helped yeah. him, right? Sure. It's like this, that's all we needed. Uh, now, all of a sudden, I'm not interested. You could tell at one point near the end of this episode when everybody's in the war room, we've collected our youths, our robo-youths. We've collected <laughs> yeah. this uh, Maximus Decimus Wookiees. And then we've got all these like different pieces that we were supposed to feel something, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Felt nothing. I was just Absolutely happy nothing. Mando was there and I was almost bummed that Mando's now in this. I was I bummed we were back there because like- I know. I would argue that not only is the Boba Fett story unnecessary, but it sort of feels like the Mando story is unnecessary here. It feels like this feels like a sequel to the Mandalorian season two that we didn't really need. Like it, yeah. we can we can pick up Mando's quest again, whatever that may be. Sure. Later, but like- I don't know, man. It just like there, there's no real good reason for Mando to even help Boba. Like, why yeah. is he off running errands looking for foot soldiers for Boba? Why does he go back to Cobb Vanth? Like, Mando's a bounty hunter, right? Shouldn't he be in it for the credits? Right. Bounty hunter and has given been given clear direction to get brought back into the culture that he so long yes. followed. And so why is he doing any of this? Why is he doing it? Why is he not going to Mandalorian right like, now? Yeah. yeah. There, there why? is Mandalore, virtually yeah, no. Mandalorian, yeah, yeah. sorry. There is There's no like. Spot. <laughs> the, uh, the, the whole story, like the Boba Fett stuff is just a black hole that sucks in all momentum of any story that's around it. It's, it's just, like it's. it's if it I may, is. I teased it a little bit earlier. Okay, bring me that food. These are uh, only the opinions of the author of the metaphor. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Two Chunks LLC. The Book of Boba Fett is a lot like your friend who is a chef and once made you incredible tacos, like 9.5 out of 10 tacos straight from their kitchen. And that friend invites you over for a pizza night. <laughs> and you get so pumped because those tacos were amazing. And if their pizza is even half as good as those tacos, you are in for a good time. Yeah, why not? And then when you show up to their pizza night, they serve you dry ham sandwiches on <laughs> store-bought white bread. And you're eating it and you're like, this, first of all, isn't even pizza. Second Can of I all- Can I guess how the night ends? Yeah. Is it like homemade choco tacos? No. <laughs> they- it's like you get halfway through your sandwich and then they just turn around and they're like, psych, I made tacos. I, I forgot to make pizza. <laughs> yeah. Here's the tacos, yeah, tacos you liked from last time. I hope that yeah. makes up for it. And the whole time I'm like, yeah, I love these tacos. I, <laughs> I think especially yeah. like these tacos better than the ham sandwiches. I think this the metaphor is complete. isn't a pizza night. The metaphor is most complete if the ham sandwich is still in your mouth and they're trying to stick extra taco in your mouth. <laughs> right. yeah. They're like, even they're though like, it doesn't good. fit or go together well. They're like, no, 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 it's a prank, it's a prank, eat the taco, eat the taco. Yeah. I know very this season good. is not being produced in real time. Like, they don't have an army of poor editors chained to their computer Dude, working on next week's episode. But it feels episode. like they changed their mind. <laughs> it absolutely feels like they're that's like, dang, people really aren't, aren't liking this Boba stuff. We better just throw some Mando season three in there. Yep. That's ready, right? 
Yep. Yeah, our Discord channel has been wonderful. If mm. anything, I almost have to be careful to read our Discord channel as it talks about our. We have a channel called uh, uh, "What You Streaming," and it's talking about essentially the Book of Boba Fett. And I have to be careful not to read that because I don't want it to completely influence. Yeah. How I talk about it because right, we've yes. got amazing opinions. Yeah, I haven't read it yet. I, I'm going to wait till after this episode. Me neither. I need to start doing that more. Um, but there's been a lot of good opinions in there, and it's just like some. It's like, like offended, but like okay, like it's. But that's I'm the still tricky thing about it. this. I had no idea there was a drop on this ride, but yeah, I finally, I finally like. Last week I talked about how I really struggled with that episode just because it's yeah, like yeah. I want to love this because it's more Mando, but this season right. of Boba Fett sucks. I finally yeah. like this, and a lot of it had to do with um, that Boba once again. It, last episode I don't think we saw him even one time. This episode we Tamara saw Morrison him. had no lines last week, and I think one this week. <laughs> yeah, he was there for about two seconds um, yes. to, this week, which is Get helping bag, me a lot because I like Tamara Morrison, just not this story of Boba Fett. But our yeah, our no. cameos here. Help yeah, let's, Jordan let's enjoy talk hold on this. Yeah, let's wait okay. for the cameos. And first, have some cameos from our dear friends over in AdWorld. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, let's talk cameos. This was chock full of them. Yeah, um, this is this. So Dave Filoni directed this episode. Carter, you want to give oh, that name a swing? Did he really? Dave? That makes so much sense. Dave Filoni. There you go. Dave Filoni directed this episode, and Dave Filoni has kind of a history. I I like what he does, but he's a bit polarizing as a director because whenever Dave gets on an episode, he's like, hey, I also brought all my other toys. Can I put them in this too? And Thank so that's God why he did, dude. Right? I loved it in this episode. Yeah. I, it, it kind of doesn't fit. Nope. Really? Nope. But it's fine it because at, at least it's point. something interesting in this show. Yeah. Here's the thing. Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, I was already sold. I'm double sold. She's so Absolutely good. Like, sold. Rosario Dawson mind, is such a good Ahsoka. She's doing such a good job that I was like, did she try and change her voice to sound like right. what a grown-up like Ahsoka Ashley would Eckstein. sound up yeah. like at this age? Or is this just what she sounds like? But now, she's perfect. Weird Luke worked less for me this episode than he did in his like brief appearance at I the end I was impressed. Of- Hard disagree. So my super pump for the series of Book of Boba Fett and I know that we usually wait for the end, but my super pump of the series for the Book of Boba Fett is the tech used here to bring Luke to life. Calling, Here's what I'm calling. calling you don't know that yet. You don't know that yet. What don't if know they what blow yet. you away even more next season, next episode? That's, that's true. It would be very hard to because we're back on Tatooine and it doesn't appear that we're going to get another Boba Fettless Boba Fett. And sure. I don't typically like the ones that have Boba in them. Um, no, I, the, the look is not my problem. I, is, do they have Mark Hamill as the voice? They don't. So That's the tech used issue. to bring the tech used to bring Luke to life uh, in both this and in the his brief cameo at the end of Mando season two. Uh, for visuals, we used uh, deep fake technology, which basically yeah. is a, a huge boatload of scans of an actor's face from a certain era that you can then use AI to map onto uh, mm. onto a living, breathing person and, and essentially change their face. So. Uh, on December 21st, 2020, which was about a week or so after the Mandalorian season two finale premiered, a YouTube user, a creator who does deepfake style videos called Shamook, 
uploaded a Luke Skywalker deep fake that looked even better than the one Lucasfilm created. I think the one Lucasfilm did for last, the last time we saw Luke was not amazing. It worked in the moment, right. but it couldn't have sustained a full episode like this. Lucasfilm saw Shamook's upload and hired the dude. Amazing. Yeah. So Shamook works for Lucasfilm now and is the one that did the deep fake, <sighs> led the yeah. deep fake team for this. This is to me the best deep fake, the best kind of CG non-present presence we've had in a Star Wars movie. It's Visually, I completely agree bizarre. with you. The visuals of it are not my issue at all. Audio, it does not sound like Luke even a little bit to me, and it's audio is less crazy. good. This is so. This is an AI. This is not a person recording lines. This is an AI oh, that has like been. That. This That's is an AI stupid. that has been fed <laughs> hours and hours of Mark Hamill, oh. both his lines from uh, the original trilogy, no. lines from interviews. This is how they did it in uh, Mando finale. I think this is how they're doing it here. They may have cast a sound alike, but if they're using the same tech they used in Mando season two, oh just improved years later, this is an AI that's been trained on Mark Hamill's voice yeah. and so that you can control the inflection of these lines and it's creating waveforms to emulate the way Mark Hamill talked 40 years ago, 30 years ago. And it's creepy. It spooks but, me out. But that stuff is my super pump. That's what Star Wars has always been about. Right. Pushing the envelope in terms of how we can tell stories yeah. on a screen. Yeah. The original trilogy completely changed the game. The prequels, as, as bad as those effects hold up, completely changed the game because they were shot almost entirely on green screen, yeah. which is a technique that we use in most Marvel movies now. We talked about, uh, I think it was off air, but the, the Netflix movie Red Notice had to be shot almost entirely on green screens because of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, which that technology would not exist without the Star Wars prequels. The sequels notably did not really iterate on movie making in any way that, mm. that has changed the landscape moving forward. But the Mandalorian began to iterate with things like the volume. The, uh, so they Hell built yeah. these sets inside a dome of LED screens with a really, really tight pixel pitch. And they generate the environments in real time using Unreal Engine 4. Yeah, it's awesome. And so they don't have to use green screens. And then now with the deepfake stuff with Luke and the AI voice, they're continuing to iterate the way that we can tell stories on screen. And that to me is the spirit of Star Wars. And that's why you make these movies. You use a relatively simple story and tell it in a way that people have never seen that story before. But that Love is, it. to me, like the whole time I was watching, I was like, this mm. is exactly mm. the spirit of Lucas's original Star Wars. <laughs> That's a Sounds bad, there. though, is the thing. Um, doesn't so, sound awesome. Yeah, it doesn't sound very good. It is impressive. Now that I know it's an AI, it definitely is an impressive feat of technology, and I wish yeah. they hadn't used the audio portion because it does not sound like Luke Skywalker. Yeah. It's tough. So there's that. The, um, Grogu's here. Grogu's, uh, Grogu's up in this one. He's extra adorable. Definitely, definitely choosing the chainmail. Just by the way, I we'll talk about that in a little bit. I like yeah, that when that final scene. We we really need to talk a lot when, about that. When final they were scene. training, when he was being trained, and it was started by one of the first things that we saw in one of Luke's training sessions was for Grogu to jump. Mm -hmm. I leaned up into my seat as if it was an overtime last second field goal. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I think this is possibly going to be the cutest thing I've ever seen. And was it? It sure was. Oh my God. Sure was. It was yep. so good. We're sticking with uh, lots of puppeting still, right? Uh -huh. Puppeteering. Uh, massive. Wonderful. Love it. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to talk about the chainmail versus lightsaber decision, uh, I do want to say Cad Bane's in this one. Dude. Cad Bane one looking characters. terrifying oh, live action. Oh, he's so spooky, he's dude. so good, though, right? Like, yeah, I think it's this amazing. is the first time. So we saw Duros, his species. We saw them in episode four. 
They were unmoving rubber masks. Yeah. Uh, and we've never seen one talk in live action. That's why Cad Bane's mouth is a little higher than those masks because this is mostly makeup with CG eyes. Mm -hmm. CGI eyes. Yeah. CGI eyes. I, I, CGI I, I, eyes. CGI Captain, Captain. CG. Uh, whoa, so cool. Was not yeah. expecting the Cad Bane at all. Dude, as deal, soon as uh, I saw the brim of the hat, yeah, I was 100%. like, it's Cad Bane. It's Cad Bane. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then, like, we hear, like, the way they chose to introduce him was mm -hmm. brilliant. It yes. felt Jaws-like because it's like he's just out there. We're not totally sure. Okay, this is definitely Cad Bane. Here's the bullets around his ankles. It's like, you know, this guy is just yep. full to the brim with ammo. And then the actual brim covering his eyes and then lifting mm -hmm. it when he's asked his name. Yep. Oh. Which is very Clone Wars, the like reveal of the eyes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's totally Dave Goodness. Filoni, right? Thank God for Dave Filoni. Yep. I love it. Yep. Him and Bryce Dallas Howard single-handedly resuscitating this season of television. Yeah. For real. 100%. And when we, that bar blew up, I didn't care. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care at all. No. Yeah. No, I didn't no. care. No. That was the ice cream maker. That that prop that they're carrying <gasps> is, an, is an ice cream maker. No. So uh, in Cloud City. The ice cream. In, in Cloud City in 1980, there's a man who is... Uh, when the when the empire is attacking and the camera is kind of all shaking and stuff, they're trying to flee. There's a man who's running through the corner of the frame with an ice cream maker mm -hmm. that they tried to pass off as a futuristic prop, and it's clearly just an ice cream maker. So oh. this dude got his own Kenner action figure, and if you're familiar at all with the old Star Wars EU, you know that he had probably a probably 50, a novel. <laughs> I would say like a 50 paragraph Wikipedia page right. about his entire life story right. and how right. that was the most significant ice cream maker in the whole galaxy and he was there on a secret mission. But anyway. And that is that is why I love Star Wars. Right. Exactly. But we've included the ice cream maker in every live action season of Star Wars television ever since. It's Very been good. a different thing ever since, which is a fun It's almost like nod. the Wilhelm scream a little bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's it really so is. so funny. I love that. Star Wars yeah. is also the first time as a kid I ever heard a Wilhelm scream. So Same. Same. Someone getting thrown into the Sarlacc pit. Uh, it was the yeah. stormtrooper falling down the oh, elevator yeah, yeah. shaft in the Death Star for me. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Absolutely amazing. Um, let's talk about Grogu's choice. Mm -hmm. Let's talk Which, about attachment. Grogu's Why choice, my favorite Meryl Streep movie. Grogu's <laughs> choice. <laughs> I think it was smart to have Luke have Grogu choose. That felt, yeah. that felt wise to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I completely so, disagree. Really? It was cold. It is, that to me is a total like, are you kidding me, Luke? Is that rules for thee and not for me? Because I, I know for a fact that he's still in contact with Han and Leia and Chewie and he's got R2 and 3PO and Lando. Luke yeah. still has friends. Luke didn't, doesn't have to choose between his friends and being a Jedi. And mm. the whole reason Anakin fell to the dark side was not because of his attachments which is what Luke seems to be implying here, but it's because he was forbidden to have attachments and felt a deep primal desire to need attachment anyway and felt that the Jedi were keeping him from being who he was supposed to be, mm. being attached to Padme. And he saved his dad because of attachments. And Luke saved his dad because he loved him, because he knew there was still good in him. Not because Vader demonstrated good, but because Luke loved him and said, "There, I know he's capable of good. For all we know, is this the first training Luke has done of someone? Am I missing something completely? I think so. It is, yeah. I have the always sequels, thought... The sequels do say mm -hmm. that Kylo was the first student, though. Luke as a character, as a personality, has been in the in the grand library of personalities in the Star Wars universe. Always one of my least favorite, to be honest. And a lot of it is because he just feels 
against the grain and kind of a like. He's a nerd. Not thinking through things very well. So it kind of, it fit for me just because it's like the kind of Luke that, that pissed a lot of people off in um, The Last, Last Jedi, Jedi, right? Luke would never do this. In my mind, I was like, I think he would. I think he's just like, when his emotions hit him, he's more like a a child, like just mm. stomping and and throwing stuff around the room. When his dad got upset, he was a murderer. You know, it's like these, the differences yeah. are, are I, most it, of my love of me. Luke, I have learned, I've realized as I've grown older, were EU Luke. Yeah. <clears throat> and how cool he he got and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I think yep. um best car chain vest 100 percent is yes. what's being is what's being picked. Yep. I think so too. Yeah, absolutely. If it's that and I think was it that supposed is supposed to be of, that obvious obvious. Is that bad writing? I think that it's I don't know. There's there's two things that I think about it. One, I think it could be a fake. That Grogu chooses that, uh, and then Luke, Luke is basically still going to teach you. <laughs> comes with the defensive attachments. That's like this was a test. Like I needed to see if your heart is in it, basically, because that's what he's worried to worried about. Ahsoka. Yeah. That's what he the, the worry that he expresses to Ahsoka. Um, and so if Grogu doesn't want to be a Jedi, I don't think Luke is going to force him. I think also the Beskar chainmail, Beskar being the only material that can stop a lightsaber blade. That's damage control because as it stands right now with Grogu being a student at Luke's Jedi Academy, our favorite whiny boy that we love so much, Kylo Ren, after the sequels, uh, now canonically Kylo Ren probably killed Grogu unless mm. we give him something that can stop a lightsaber blade. Right. So there you go. I think it's a bit of damage. I didn't even he's think about a bit of damage. He's now evolved to Frogu. <laughs> <laughs> with the, and then he's going to be Grogantuan at the very yes. end. <laughs> Uh, anything else to discuss here in the in the book of Grogu Fett? Man, it's mm. just rocky. There's no like yeah. this Boba and Grogu story is ultimately or the 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 Mando and Grogu portion of this ultimately really goes nowhere because uh, I don't think they're going to meet up in the finale. I don't either. I think they're going to I think they're going to stay apart. They're going to be in the same place they were that we left them in season 2. I bet we don't see Grogu or Luke again. I bet so too. It feels like a big part of. We'll definitely see Grogu again because he, he's yeah, going to choose. Yeah, not in Mando three. Yeah, I mean not next week because there's so much to close with yeah. this storyline, like the war with, with the Pikes. Hey, I don't I'll tell think you this. the only thing that could make me interested in what Boba is doing right now Rancor. is fighting Cad Bane mm. while and, riding a Rancor. And the Rancor that we haven't spent any time with. No, I forgot. Three, three honestly, minutes. the shocking thing is that Boba's story has Machete. moved nowhere in the present. Correct. Like yeah. nothing has happened to Boba Fett in the present. No, no, yeah. He's- Cad Bane's presence here might retcon a deleted scene from the Clone Wars. Uh, we we were shown a pretty explicit showdown between Cad Bane and Boba Fett in a deleted scene from the Clone Wars that I will not talk about now because it. I think they're going to just kind of recycle that for next yeah. week's episode. Probably. Cool. To end today's episode, give me after we have just hit so many cameos. In episode six. Give me one in episode seven. Give me someone that's going to show up here in this last battle. I'm Carter, and I think... <sighs> I mean, C-3PO? Is that possible? That tracks, yeah. C-3PO. Yeah, that would work. You know, why not? I'm Doge. In this last episode, Luke flies his X-Wing with baby Grogu in tow back to Tatooine to deliver him to Mando after Grogu chooses the best car mithril chain mail. <laughs> and they get out of the X-Wing and 
Luke is surprised by an appearance from his father's force ghost, played by Hayden Christensen, nice. telling him, hey, this whole attachment stuff is stupid. Jedi should be allowed to have attachments. Here's the only one I would be excited about. I'm Jordan. And, uh... It's you? <laughs> it's me. You appear? <laughs> Rex. Mm, yeah, that'd be great. I would love that very much. I think that would be super cool. From Toy Story? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Wallace Shawn, is Wallace Shawn still kicking? I, I I hope so. I I didn't do it if he's not. Don't say it like that. Jordan, what have you done with Wallace Shawn? <laughs> <laughs> is he? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's alive. All right, there we go. Yeah, so maybe they got Wallace Shawn. Maybe Rex is there. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.